Now, um, I'm going to speak about provision. And uh, my topic today is unleashing divine provision through God's promises. So we'll try to speak on a few things. I'll speak about my life. I'm the person other than my wife. I'm married. Uh, just in case I go home and uh, I want to... I'm married to one Jemima George Lucas Otieno. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I was saying that uh, I speak about myself because uh, I know myself best. Then I'll speak probably about her if she allows me because I know her next better uh, 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 almost as good as me so uh, our anchor verse is from second uh, peter chapter 1 verses 3 to 4 his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious things, precious promises, that through this you may be partakers of divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. We'll reference this verse as we go along. And... Uh, as we speak, I'll speak about three people who are Kawaida people and the, whose lives was changed drastically, two positively, one not very positively, towards the ends of their lives. So... Um, I'm going to talk about promises. So when I was uh, looking at this, I looked at the number of promises in the Bible. The Bible scholars here may correct me, but uh, from what I have found out is that out of the around 31,000 verses in the Bible, there are about 30,000 promises. Now that means that almost every verse has a promise. And God, for God to allow this, then it means that it is very key for us to have promises in our life. Now the interesting thing, especially from last year, is that promises are interesting. Because uh, a number of times we get promises and they are never kept. At times, the people who give the promises do not intend to keep. At times, they intend to, but they forget, or the circumstances change. I want to believe my very good wife um, have given a number of promises. I don't know. I'll ask her to try and rate by percentage how many I've kept. <laughs> so because of that, I, I want to encourage us and look at God, the promise keeper. Because through that, then you get provision. Now, um, 
there's a, a, a statement that uh, I would like us all to ponder even as we progress that God never over promises and he never under delivers please remember that God never over promises and he never under delivers in a world that uh, has many broken promises you can always believe on God's promises now um how can we be able to use God's promises in our life so that we can get provision? And when I talk about provision, I'm talking spiritual provision, health, prosperity, all those. Okay? So how can we use God's promises to be able to get uh, provision? I'm going to talk about four things. The first thing being knowledge. Okay? Without knowledge of God's promises, without knowledge of God, you cannot be able to be able to use the promises. They can't help you. And I'll try to bring a story. I want to read a, a very interesting story about why you need to know who is giving you the promise. I'll say something about myself. And a promise I got when I was very young. And then I'll say, but before I do that, I want to read a very small story. In 1994, who has ever heard anybody called Russell Harman? Russell Harman? Anybody? Okay. In 1994, a 67-year-old carpenter named Russell Harman died in Marion, Illinois. In his last will and testament, he left the following. $2.4 billion to a nearby town. $2.4 billion to the city of St. Louis. $1.5 billion for projects in southeastern Illinois. And in a final act of unprecedented generosity, he left $6 trillion to the Federal Reserve to pay off the national debt. Okay? There was only one problem though. <laughs> the guy who was leaving this had nothing. He only had a 1983 old Toronado. Old car. Okay? It is very, very easy to promise what you don't have. Okay? Now, I'll talk about myself. When I was about, I think, nine years old, nine, ten, can't remember, but I can remember the promise. Uh, somebody who is a member of the family and who was uh, saved, I, I wasn't then, uh, called me and my older sister and uh, said that she wanted to speak promises in our life. First, she wanted to see what is in our life and then... Uh, Tell us what God had promised for us. So he called my sister. And as I listened, she promised her. I think I've, my wife knows these stories. That is why probably she smiled. Gave her all these wonderful promises. How she's going to have this wonderful wedding to a rich prince. And 
As you can imagine, I, 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 I was wondering, when is she going to finish so that I can get my promises and blessings? So, uh, I came through and uh, uh, my turn came. And this wonderful lady started speaking about my life. How it will be filled with calamity, abomination, bad luck. I'll not even finish school. Uh, I'll not have a family. I, I was a nine-year-old. This is a true story. I'm not making up. And I stuck there and I said, I tried to imagine uh, why she couldn't even have one tiny positive thing about my life. Why would God's promise for my life be all based on calamity and terrible things? So I made up my mind then and there that uh, none of whatever you have spoken about my life will come to pass. Now, why am I saying this? I say that first, knowledge of whoever gives you the promise is key to you. Otherwise, you'll have people speaking what the Nigerians call nonsense into your life. So number one, if you want God's provision in your life, you have to have knowledge of the promise maker. Okay? Now, the second thing that you need to have is knowledge of the promise. You have to know the promise. Now, so I want to speak now about somebody else, Father Abraham. I was looking at Abraham's story before he started being Abraham, the father of faith. And when I read about him, and I keep on wondering, you go through the Bible and I say that all mankind will be blessed through Abraham. And you cannot talk about Christianity and if actually even religion because even uh, the Muslims still believe in Abraham without talking about him. But then the interesting thing is that Abraham was not a military leader before then. He was not even a very rich guy he was what I would call a normal kawaida guy. He didn't even have children. He had a wife, he had servants. So what changed in Abraham's life that suddenly he became the man through whom all mankind would be blessed? Just one thing. First and foremost, he met with God and he knew God and then the second thing he knew his promise I want to read uh, from Genesis 12 verse 1 the Lord had said to Abraham 
leave your country and your people, leave your father's family, go to the land I'll show you. So Abraham left just as the Lord had told him. Lord, his nephew, went with him. There were many people in his family in these days. Families always stayed and moved together. Abraham was 75 years old when he left. Bit refreshed. Now, Abraham was called, so he knew the promise maker, and not just knew, accepted the promise. Because if he didn't, how do I know he accepted the promise maker who is God? Because he accepted to leave everything. At 75 years, I don't know how many of us would be called and told, leave everything that you have, leave the people you know, and move away. So he did. Now, then, the promise. This is the promise that God made to Abraham, that he knew. I'll make you into a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great, and you'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. That is Genesis 2 to 3. Now, after knowing the promise maker, and knowing the promise, Abraham's life changed drastically. So, um, I want to speak about my second guy. Who knows somebody called J.D. Rockefeller? J.D. Rockefeller. Should be almost everybody. Perfect. This was also another Kawaida guy. The interesting thing why I'm choosing J.D. Rockefeller, the last time I talked about some Chinese, so I was called and told that, okay, we know you like China, but then you could have spoken about somebody who was a Christian. So today I've brought somebody who is a bro- was a brother. J.D. Rockefeller was a devout, very devout Christian. Actually, if you read everything about him, is what you would call right today a born-again Christian at that time. Now, he was also a Kawaida guy from a very poor background. And then he was a businessman, struggling businessman. Now, the story of Rockefeller says that before he owned the Standard Oil Company, they had started an oil refinery and uh, at that time there was a gentleman who controlled the oil transport called the Commodore or Vanderbilt. Okay? So Vanderbilt was the most powerful guy in the US at that time. He was the wealthiest. But then he realized that the railroad that he was controlling needed something to transport and he realized at that time that the key thing was oil. Oil was being used mainly for kerosene. Yeah. This is a story that has been uh, made into um, a series that I would like all of you to watch, courtesy of my wife again. 
um, she gave me that series to watch that brings this story live. So what happened is that when Rockefeller needed to go meet the Commodore so that he could negotiate a deal to be able to transport his uh, oil across the country. He was a, a struggling, timid businessman. Then, something happened. The day he was supposed to go, there was a delay. He lost his bag. By the time he got his bag, the train had gone. But then, in the process, the train derailed. And virtually everybody who was on that train died. But he wasn't on the train. So in spite of the fact that he was a Christian, suddenly he found what you may call a divine encounter. And henceforth, he felt in his mind that God has destined him for great things. And his faith that everything he does was directed by God grew. So later he still went for the meeting, but he went with a difference. This timid guy had suddenly become an extremely bold guy. He was meeting the most powerful and wealthiest man in the world. The man he was going to meet was known for ruthlessness and driving a hard bargain. And had already designed what he was going to give uh, uh, J.D. Rockefeller. Now, what happened is that when they met, he was given an offer which he refused. And he gave a counter offer. He had nothing actually. He was a struggling. He didn't have money. When he was asked, he said that, okay, fine. You take my offer? Or I leave? Because you need my goods on your rails. And if you don't take my offer, I'll go to your competitor. The old man looked at this young fellow looked at the boldness and gave him the offer. And it changed J.D. Rockefeller. Later on, he became the wealthiest and most powerful man in America. Now, what was the difference? First, knowledge. When he encountered God, then he had the knowledge of the who? The promise maker. And then he knew his promise, that his promise is God. God had not just destined him to make money, but to do something greater and change lives. So, two people I've talked about. The third guy, please don't walk out because the third guy is more interesting. I'll not speak about him now. So, you have known the promise maker. You've known your promise. You need to do a second thing. The second thing that you need to do, and I need to do, is wait. Okay? Again, I'll go to Father Abraham. God promises Abraham that he will be the father of what? Perfect, but there is a problem. The problem is, Abraham doesn't have a child. He has a wife who is not very young. Yeah, 
And Abraham himself is old and being very politically correct. The wife is not what? He's not old. He's not very young. But then the <laughs> yeah, Jemima has taught me well. But then the husband is old. So, in their wisdom, Sarai decides that, okay, fine, I'll help my husband. God's promises always come to pass. So they didn't do what? They did not wait. Okay? What was the result? Haggai ended up with a Ismael. Did God's promise come through later? It virtually, eventually it came through. But because they did not wait, the Ismaelites has been a born, or rather a thorn in the flesh of God's people. And not only God's people across the world. Ultimately, God's promise still came through and Isaac was born. And through Abraham, the blessings of the world, of all what? All men have still come. So you need to do what? Wait. <coughs> and why do you need to wait? For the simple reason that during the waiting period, when, especially when God gives you a big promise, during the waiting period, then a number of things happen. One, you go through a learning process. You learn through your failures. You learn on how to hold on your faith. Abraham later on, when he waited, he became the father of faith. And you also learn how to do things differently. And we'll see that uh, slightly later. Now, I want to uh, give you a second story of uh, some gentleman that will bring out this whole issue of waiting. Which is the wealthiest company in the world right now? The wealthiest company, okay. Which company crossed the tri trillion dollar, yeah, Apple, all right? We all know, the, most of us know the story of Apple. Who knows Steve Jobs? Most people do. Now, what of a gentleman called Ronald Gerald Wayne? Anybody has that name? Ronald Gerald Wayne? Nobody. Interesting. Because when Apple was started, there were three guys. One man was called who? And then there was a second man called Steve who? I don't know how to pronounce this. There is no Z where I come from. It's called Steve Wozniak or whatever. Somebody may help you. But then there was a third guy. These 25 year olds, when they started the company, they said that they want to get someone who can be able to help them. I'll move faster. I have about 15 minutes to finish my message. And um, 
So they brought in an older 40 year old the name I've just told you called Ronald Gerald Wayne. Ronald Gerald Wayne actually was uh, an electronics industry worker and uh, basically he's the guy who came up with the Apple logo the first Apple manual and also the initial design for the Macintosh. Yeah, those who are my generation, you know there was something called a Macintosh. Okay? Now, after a while, the, you know Apple was founded in 1976, right? However, after a while, this gentleman felt that it was too much work. It required too much money for him to mentor these guys. So he decided to sell 10% which was all the shares he had. He said he couldn't wait. You know how much he sold it for? For $800. After he had sold it for $800, uh, Steve jo- the two Steves said that, okay, he has to completely, uh, what is it called? He, he had no control or no say ever in his life about those shares again. Once he signed that, a month later, they auctioned the shares at about $1.5 million. Now, if he had waited up to now with his 10%, his net worth, because Apple is now worth slightly more than a trillion dollars. Okay? A trillion dollars in Kenya shillings, that is uh, 100 trillion Kenya shillings. Meaning, Apple can sustain our economy for 30 years. Now, they are worth. Now, with this 10%, then he could have been able right now to be worth enough to sustain the Kenyan economy for how many years? Three years. But he did not do what? Not wait. He had a promise in his life that was giving a pro- who would have given him a provision, but he couldn't wait. Right now, as of 2012, his net worth was around three hundred thousand dollars, which is not money you can sneeze at, but still compared. Now, the tragedy about this guy is that since then he has had twelve patents. That could have changed his life. But he has not had the money to convert the patents into a business idea. So, number two, wait. Okay? So that is the other gentleman I wanted us to talk about. Number three, very quickly, moving on swiftly, Elder Feb. Okay? So after you have waited... Take action on God's promises. Now, you have the promise and you sit on it. We pray, we fast, which is very nice, but then you have to act on the promise. Now, let's go back to Father Abraham. God 
asks Abraham to sacrifice his only son that he has gotten at old age and Sarah at not too young an age. Okay? Now, he acts, but he has learned from his earlier mistake. So when his good wife Sarah asks him what he's going to sacrifice, what does he say? The Lord God will do what? Will provide. Because he knows if he tells Sarah, we're going to sacrifice. <laughs> Sarah is going to give an alternative. Okay? And deviate. <laughs> and all the ladies say, <laughs> you can see, only the ladies are laughing. <laughs> For sure, I can tell you. <laughs> I have a small son called Zeliku. <laughs> Uh, we got at young age. <laughs> but the other kids are much older than him. Yeah? He's, he's, he's a good guy. So I try to imagine if I told my dear wife <laughs> that God has said, <laughs> you get the point, okay? So, but still Abraham does what? Takes action. So, he goes, carries the firewood, and then decides to go and sacrifice the son. Now, because he took action and obeyed, something else happens. I want us to read... Uh, A verse here, immediately after that, this is what God tells him. And this verse, I'm going to bring it, please, I'm going to bring it again later. The angel of the Lord called Abraham from heaven a second time and said, this is in Genesis 22, 15 to 16, I swear by myself declares the Lord, that because you have done this, because you've done what? Taken action. And have not withheld your son, your only son. I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of cities of their enemies and through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Take what? Take action. J.D. Rockefeller The train He'd been he's just been summoned by the most powerful and wealthiest guy in the world. The president of the U.S. was not the most powerful. At that point in time, the Commodore, who controlled virtually every transport. And at that time, he had more money than the Federal Reserve in the U.S. was the most powerful man. And then the 
train that he was supposed to use has just had an accident and everybody died. Now, if it was me, I would say that, you know what? Ata, hiyo, ni mungu. God has actually just shown me how this particular business venture is going to go. Would I go? Probably I may not have gone for that meeting. And if he had not taken that action, in spite of that, he actually saw the giver of the promise. God has an important destiny for me and is able to make it pass. So I'll take this step of faith and I'll still go. So he took action and went and met the most powerful man in the world. The rest is history. So you have to take action. You can go through all the Bible from the slave girl who became a, a, a prince, uh, sorry, a queen. The slave girl who became a queen. The hard boy who became a king. Okay? The, I believe we know the slave girl who became a queen. Yeah? Queen Esther. And then the house boy. Okay? And then, you may say that, okay, these promises and blessings are only for Kawaida guys. But then there is a prince who ended up to become one of the most powerful people. And God ultimately spoke with him face to face. Do you know that prince? Yeah? Moses. So, if if you look at the lives of all these guys, there is one thing that differentiated them. First, they knew the promise maker. Then they knew the promise in their life. Then they went through a waiting process where, where they were literally burnt and shaken. And then, ultimately, they took action. So, my brothers, my sisters, you want provision in your life? God has given all the promises for all, every single kind of provision you want. But then, there are things that you need to do. Finally, before I close, and this is very, very key, is give. Give. And give. I want to, the verse that we read now, if, uh, media team, if you can, it's still the, the 22, Genesis 22, 15 to 16. Now, Abraham had walked in faith with God. He had started seeing what God could do in his life. He knew his promises. But, the main changing factor in his life was when he agreed to give his son Isaac. I don't know, but you may not. You know, it may just be a story to you. That is why I brought in the, my situation. I'm trying to imagine, even for us, those of us who have many kids, if you've been asked to sacrifice 
you son or daughter, how many of us would do it? But we, we saw when we read this particular verse that the moment he agreed to do that, something suddenly just changed in the heavenly realm. And God swore by his name that blessing I'll do what? I'll bless you. And all mankind shall be blessed through you. And by the time Abraham is, is, is dying and going to the father, he died one of the wealthiest, not actually, at that time he was the wealthiest man in the world. And when I'm talking wealthiest, I'm not just talking the financial wealth, spiritually, faith. Because he did what? He gave. Now, J.D. Rockefeller, towards the end of his life, he had been a giving man, but towards the end of his life, they, 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 they started competing. They had given so much, they started competing with another gentleman called Konagi. Who could give more? And across the world, you can still find things that are standing in their name. Libraries, historical sites. For, for J.D. Rockefeller um, churches named after them because they gave. The last giving he gave was about the equivalent of uh, $500 million. It may look little, but that is the equivalent of provide you will need to know him as a promise keeper if you do not know him he is not your lord and savior let me give you an opportunity lift up your hand jesus christ is not your lord and savior you've never known him to be your lord and savior we'd like to pray for you you are backslider you've not walked with the Lord, you'd like to recommit your life to Jesus, would like to do so. Thank you. There's a young man over there. Thank you. Anyone else who is saying, I want to recommit my life to Jesus? Anyone else? Just lift up your hands once again. Father in heaven, I want to pray for this young man who has lifted his hand to you recommitting his life to you, Jesus. I release your blessings upon him. And I pray in the name of Jesus that from today his life will change and that he will never go back, Lord. And I pray that you'll be able to access your promises because he has known you and he has known your promise. From today, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Um, I'll be requesting uh, Mark. Where is Mark? Uh, that young man, yeah, uh, give him fellowship. Um, Elder George has spoken to us. This is what is called great wisdom. 
Don't even call it a sermon. You can call it whatever you want to call it, but it's a lot of wisdom. And there are times, sometimes that God will raise one of us to speak to us because there is a, a place where God wants to take us. And he uses one of us to tell us, this is the way. Walk ye in it. I believe that... Because I didn't ask him to speak. I didn't even know. He was, it is the men's fellowship. The men's... Uh, uh, I don't know whether he's the one who picked himself because he's the leader. But, I, but knowing him, I, I believe it is the, the, the men's, the other members of the committee that say, said he's going to be the one speaking today. Because I had given them the service. I said, whoever you want to speak, you choose among yourself. Let him be the speaker today. So by the grace of God, George comes. Uh, and as he says, he's not a preacher. Indeed, he is not. But, you know, when God wants to use somebody, you do not need to be a, a preacher. He will use you. Has he spoken to you? Please, understand the principle of giving. The promises, the provisions will only come to us if we have a knowledge of who God is and the promises he has made. Amen? That is key. Four things. Knowledge of the promise keeper. Second, waiting. Learn to wait, to be patient. It's a virtue. God will promise you something, but it may not come immediately. The waiting period is important because many have lost it because they are not able to wait. There are many of you here that need to learn patience to wait because that promise has been given. But learn to wait and don't be impatient. Don't look for shortcuts. You are not Salah to look for a shortcut. And what she did up to today, we are paying for it. Praise the Lord. The third one was what? Action. Take action. God expects you to take action for that promise to be fulfilled. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. And God, most of the time, the action he asks us to take is actually giving. Because that is where he really tests to know whether we, we are really for him. And he will ask you to give that which is so precious to you. Thank God today he never asks us to give our children a sacrifices. But he asks us to give our resources. Which are so dear to us because they are meek. Please. God wants to bless you. I've said in this house again. That I believe that there are people seated here. Whom God wants to bless to become billionaires in this country. Without being corrupt. Because most of the billionaires in Kenya are billionaires through corruption. But you will be blessed and you can become a billionaire by being faithful. He has given us a, a story about Dagote. Dagote, actually the seat he gave, he gave T.L. L. Osborne, those of you that have heard about T.L. Osborne, he gave his seat to T.L. Osborne 
And the second person was Lydia Osborne, the wife of T.L. Osborne. The other person that Dagote asked to start was his assistant. And as he stood as he was, was walking out of the plane. It's a true, true, true story. It is even there. In, in whatever if you Google it, you'll find it. Read about his, his life. The man of God who had asked, because this was Idahosa, the late Idahosa, Bishop Idahosa. He is the one who went, stopped the plane when it was taxing to fly. Because T.L. Osborne needed to be at Lagos for a mission that evening. Idahosa stood and waved at the plane. And the captain stopped because that was crazy. It has never happened. How he got to the landway and he was stopping the plane. So when the captain stopped and came out to find out why someone would stop a plane. And how did he get even to the landway and he's a bishop. I'm telling you this story because I want you to catch something. When the captain asked him, what is it? He said, I have two people that must be at Lagos, very important people who need to be at, in Lagos tonight. He said, the plane is full. There is no seat. I know that, captain, but allow me to get in. Everybody knows me in that plane. I want two seats. Said everybody knows Idahosa. He said because he was he was uh, on a radio program, on a TV program. He said everybody knows about the hour of something, something. Can't remember exactly what he called. He said they will when they see me. They will, and he went in, and indeed, of course, they knew him. But he said, I want two seats, two people that can give their seats for two servants of God who need to fly to Lagos tonight. So everybody was like, so people pretended they are sleeping. Because you don't want, they never wanted to be the ones. But as he was waiting, he wanted to now to, to speak once more. At the back of the plane, a gentleman woke, stood and told the next one, stand. And they walked to the front. As they were going out, he stopped the, 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 the first man. He said, what's your name? He said, I'm Dagote. What do you do? I'm a businessman. This is what he told him. You stood for the servant of God. The world will stand for you. And he released blessings upon him. And because the majority of the people on the plane were Christian, they knew him, they said, Amen. They said, Amen. Has the man not been blessed? He's not a Christian. The ones who are inside there were Christian. That's why they said, Amen. Praise the Lord. Whoever God blessed is blessed. He was blessed because he stood for a servant of God. He gave up. He gave his precious seat. He's a businessman. Maybe it costed him money. He may have lost a deal that he was going to do. But see what has happened. What have you lost for God? 
What have you given for God? Why should we be pleading with you to be a giver? Honestly, we should. It is you who should understand the principles and learn to give. Why am I saying this? Because I want to see you and you and you and you and you and you. Being blessed of the Lord. It is my joy as a pastor. Praise the Lord. To see people who are blessed. Amen? So please, what Elder George has challenged us to do, let us do. He said it's a test. Let us test God. Let us be faithful. If you've been giving a shilling, you've been asked, double it. Whatever you've been giving, now double. If you've not been giving and you know you're supposed to be giving, we don't keep a register to check who gives and who doesn't give. It is true, some of you, you write your names, we say it's optional. When you write your name, we thank God, we're able to pray for you and mention your name. But even if you don't, the Lord in heaven does see your heart. I want to, to encourage you. Why am I emphasizing this? Because I feel today we have an opportunity and there is a, a path that God wants us to enter into, walk through, and that will change the lives of this church from today. It changed the life of one Dakota. He is the richest man in Africa. By the year 2015, he was number 67 in the world. He may probably has come some, st whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he is not 67 today. And he is not 77. He could be 47. Because the pronouncement of the man of God still sad. He's still a Muslim, not given his life to the Lord. But he's still blessed because the principle of giving remains. Some of you wonder why Asians are blessed. And some of you say, oh, they are corrupt. Yes, they may be corrupt, but they can let me tell you also another secret. They give. They give. Mama Moi, they give. They worship idols, but they give to those idols, whatever it is. <laughs> they, the principle of giving, they know it, they understand it. The only thing is that they do not know the Almighty God. If they knew Him, I can tell you things would be different. Because they have the desire, the heart to give, and they give. They support the needy. Some of them come even to the slums to support. God is... <laughs> Honors his principles. Give, it shall come back to you. I challenge you. Be a giver. Praise God. You need to go home. Let me release you to go home. Hmm? But come in the evening. Because there is a, an opportunity for another service. The miracle service. You are most welcome. Again, as I say, that's where we are able to pray and give you ministry on an, at an individual level. Let's stand on our feet. Father in heaven, we have heard your word. Your instructions, Lord, and your promises. 
we have committed to obey. I pray that God Almighty, this word that has been spoken to us, that as we obey Lord Jesus, may this day be the day that will be remembered. That we promise we shall double what we've been doing, what we've been giving. And as we do it, Lord, you have promised not to double, but Lord, at minimum, to do it that fold, sixfold, even a hundredfold, because you are God. Lord, I pray that there will be sufficient provision in this house. That we shall be able to undertake the project, including buying properties for the kingdom of heaven. And sending out missionaries outside, oh God, to expand your kingdom. That we will not borrow, we will not beg, because you will have already provided Lord, I bless your people. May the work of their hands be blessed. Whatever they lay their hands to do, let it expand. Increase their boundaries, O God. Provide land for those that are looking for land. Give houses to those that are praying and asking for houses. Give promotions to those that are asking for promotions. Businesses to those that want businesses, O God. And there are those that are praying for children. Lord, I pray that you open their womb. And give them children, O oh God. Let there be enough in this house. Our Father, may heavens open now on behalf of your people. And may that widow never close. Let it flow. Let the blessings flow continuously. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. You are the blessed of the Lord. If you want to clap for... Evangelist Mama Mwai, forgive me. <laughs> now, I want to give you, I said, unleashing divine provision through God's promises. And we've talked about three things, four things. The first one is what? The second... Wait. And then the third? Action. And then the fourth? Giving. Now, this is what we'll be able to unleash. And then, the, uh, let me just say the profound discovery that uh, changed the life of men like J.D. Rockefeller and uh, Abraham, etc., all these things, it does not actually end there. Okay? We know very well that from the verse that we read that the blessings of God were not for just Abraham, but for all, all men, all people through Abraham on earth. Now, when I started this, I say that uh, First, before you even get your promises and provision, you have to know the promise giver. And I gave you my story of being given promise by somebody who in the first place, if I was wiser, I should not even have listened to. And I'm saying that maybe you are here and you do not know the promise giver through whom 
the blessings of Abraham can come to you. That is where it starts. It starts by you knowing the one and only through whom you can get the blessings of Abraham. We can sit here, we can talk the whole day, but unless you know the Lord Jesus Christ, these promises will just be words. Some asking, if you are here and you are saying you would like pastor to pray for you, our pastor to pray for you, you want us to pray for you, so that you may come to the knowledge of the promise giver. Are you here? Thank you, Pastor. Let's appreciate George once again. Father in heaven, I want to pray for this young man who has lifted his hand to you, recommitting his life to you, Jesus. I release your blessings upon him. And I pray in the name of Jesus that from today his life will change and that he will never go back, Lord. And I pray that you'll be able to access your promises because he has known you and he has known your promise. From today, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Elder George has spoken to us. This is what is called great wisdom. Don't even call it a sermon. You can call it whatever you want to call it, but it's a lot of wisdom. And there are times, sometimes that God will raise one of us to speak to us because there is a, a place where God wants to take us. And he uses one of us to tell us this is the way. Walk ye in it. I believe that... Because I didn't ask him to speak. I didn't even know. He was, it is the men's fellowship. The men's... Uh, uh, I don't know whether he's the one who picked himself because he's the leader. But, I, but knowing him, I, I believe it is the, the, the men's, the other members of the committee that said he's going to be the one speaking today. Because I had given them the service. I said, whoever you want to speak, you choose among yourself. Let him be the speaker today. So by the grace of God, George comes. Uh, and as he says, he's not a preacher. Indeed, he's not. But, you know, when God wants to use somebody, you do not need to be a, a preacher. He will use you. Has he spoken to you? Please, understand the principle of giving. The promises, the provisions will only come to us if we have a knowledge of who God is and the promises he has made. Amen? That is key. Four things. Knowledge of the promise keeper. Second, waiting. Learn to wait to be patient. It's a virtue. God will promise you something, but it may not come immediately. The waiting period is important because many have lost it because they are not able to wait. There are many of you here that need to learn patience to wait because that promise has been given but learn to wait and don't be impatient. Don't look for shortcuts. You are not Salah to look for a shortcut. 
and what she did up to today, we are praying for it. Praise the Lord. The third one was what? Action. Take action. God expects you to take action for that promise to be fulfilled. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. And God, most of the time, the action he asks us to take is actually giving. Because that is where he really tests to know whether we are really for him. And he will ask you to give that which is so precious to you. Thank God today he never asks us to give our children as sacrifices. But he asks us to give our resources. Which are so dear to us because they are meek. Please. God wants to bless you. I've said in this house again. That I believe that there are people seated here whom God wants to bless to become billionaires in this country without being corrupt. Because most of the billionaires in Kenya are billionaires through corruption. But you will be blessed and you can become a billionaire by being faithful. He has given us a, a story about Dagote. Dagote, actually the seat he gave, he gave T.L. Osborne, those of you that have heard about T.L. Osborne, he gave his seat to T.L. Osborne and the second person was Lydia Osborne, the wife of T.L. Osborne. The other person that Dagote asked to start was his assistant. And as he stood as he was, was walking out of the plane. It's a true, true, true story. It is even there. In, in whatever, if you Google it, you'll find it. Read about his, his life. The man of God who had asked, because this was Idahosa, the late Idahosa, Bishop Idahosa. He is the one who went, stopped the plane when it was taxing to fly. Because T.L. Osborne needed to be at Lagos for a mission that evening. Idahosa stood and waved at the plane. And the captain stopped because that was crazy. It has never happened. How he got to the runway and he was stopping the plane. So when the captain stopped and came out to find out why someone would stop a plane. And how did he get even to the Lanaway? And he's a bishop. I'm telling you this story because I want you to catch something. When the captain asked him, what is it? He said, I have two people that must be at Lagos. Very important people who need to be at, in Lagos tonight. He said, the plane is full. There is no seat. I know that. Captain, but allow me to get in. Everybody knows me in that plane. I want two seats. See, everybody knows Idahosa, I said, because he was, he was uh, on a radio program, on a TV program. He said, everybody knows about the hour of something, something. can't remember exactly what he called. He said, they will, when they see me, they'll, and he went in. And indeed, of course, they knew him. But he said, I want two seats 
Two people that can give their seats for two servants of God who need to fly to Lagos tonight. So everybody was like, so people pretend that they are sleeping. Because you don't want, they never, never wanted to be the ones. But as he was waiting, he wanted to now to, to speak once more. At the back of the plane, a gentleman walked, stood, and told the next one, stand. And they walked to the front. As they were going out, he stopped the, 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 the first man. He said, what's your name? He said, I'm Dagote. What do you do? I'm a businessman. This is what he told him. You stood for the servant of God. The world will stand for you. And he released blessings upon him. And because the majority of the people on the plane were Christian, they knew him, they said, Amen. <laughs> they said, Amen. Has the man not been blessed? He's not a Christian. The ones who are inside there are Christian. That's why they said Amen. Praise the Lord. Whoever God blesses is blessed. He was blessed because he stood for a servant of God. He gave up. He gave his precious seat. He's a businessman. Maybe it costed him money. He may have lost a deal that he was going to do. But see what has happened. What have you lost for God? What have you given for God? Why should we be pleading with you to be a giver? Honestly, we should. It is you who should understand the principles and learn to give. Why am I saying this? Because I want to see you and you and you and you and you and you being blessed of the Lord. It is my joy as a pastor, praise the Lord, to see people who are blessed. Amen? So please, what Elder George has challenged us to do, let us do. He said it's a test. Let us test God. Let us be faithful. If you've been giving a shilling, you've been asked, double it. Whatever you've been giving, now double. If you've not been giving and you know you're supposed to be giving, we don't keep a register to check who gives and who doesn't give. It is true, some of you, you write your names, we say it's optional. When you write your name, we thank God. We are able to pray for you and mention your name. But even if you don't, the Lord in heaven does see your heart. I want to, to encourage you. Why am I emphasizing this? Because I feel today we have an opportunity and there is a, a path that God wants us to enter into, walk through, and that will change the lives of this church from today. It changed the life of one Dakota. He is the richest man in Africa. By the year 2015, he was number 67th in the world. He may probably has come some st whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he is not 67 today. And he is not 77. He could be 47. Because the pronouncement of the man of God still sad. He's still a Muslim. Not given his life to the Lord. 
But he's still blessed because the principle of giving remains. Some of you wonder why Asians are blessed. And some of you say, oh, they are corrupt. Yes, they may be corrupt, but they can let me tell you also another secret. They give. They give. Mama Moi, they give. They worship idols, but they give to those idols, whatever it is. <laughs> they, the principle of giving, they know it, they understand it. The only thing is that they do not know the Almighty God. If they knew Him, I can tell you things would be different. Because they have the desire, the heart to give, and they give. They support the needy. Some of them come even to the slums to support. God is honors his principles. Give, it shall come back to you. I challenge you. Be a giver. Praise God. You need to go home. Let me release you to go home. Hmm? But come in the evening. Because there is an opportunity for another service. The miracle service. You are most welcome. Again, as I say, that's where we are able to pray and give you ministry on an, at an individual level. Let's stand on our feet. Father in heaven, we have heard your word. Your instructions, Lord, and your promises. We have committed to obey. I pray that God Almighty, this word that has been spoken to us, that as we obey Lord Jesus, may this day be the day that will be remembered. That we promise we shall double what we've been doing, what we've been giving. And as we do it, Lord, you have promised not to double, but Lord, at minimum, to do it that fold, sixtyfold, even a hundredfold, because you are God. Lord, I pray that there will be sufficient provision in this house. That we shall be able to undertake the project, including buying properties for the kingdom of heaven. And sending out missionaries outside, oh God, to expand your kingdom. That we will not borrow, we will not beg, because you will have already provided Lord, I bless your people. May the work of their hands be blessed. Whatever they lay their hands to do, let it expand. Increase their boundaries, O oh God. Provide land for those that are looking for land. Give houses to those that are praying, asking for houses. Give promotions to those that are asking for promotions. Businesses to those that want businesses, O oh God. And there are those that are praying for children. Lord, I pray that you open their womb. And give them children, O oh God. Let there be enough in this house. Our Father, may heavens open now on behalf of your people. And may that widow never close. Let it flow. Let the blessings flow continuously. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. You are the blessed of the Lord. If you want to clap.